Hi everyone, in this podcast episode, I'll be talking about how to become an elusive object of desire. Now, this chapter was taken from the book, The Laws of Human Nature, written by Robert Greene. And this chapter itself, you know, when the first time I saw it, I immediately thought of, hey, you know, that's interesting. As a digital marketer, I constantly think about what is it that makes a product an elusive object of desire? What is it about the product that, you know, gives a person, like a buyer, that the urgent need to own it, no matter the price is expensive, no matter how difficult is it to get, why is it that they constantly crave after something? Why are certain products in, uh, for example, you know, a handbag, why does it cost like, what, $25,000 compared to other things? And, you know, we could debate on the branding, the storyline, the, the image, propos- the, prop- the benefits proposition for the customer, but ultimately, you know, human beings when they perceive something to be desirable, they're willing to spend all kinds of money, they're willing to spend all kinds of energy and attention just to acquire it. And I think it's important to sort of use this particular principle in terms of selling product to, to promoting ourselves as human beings. And I feel that's important because, you know, if I look at the phrase familiarity breeds contempt, it basically means that when we are very familiar with someone, after a while, there is a huge need for the person to reinvent themselves or to change certain things about what they offer and bring to the table. If not, we get bored and then we look for somebody else. And this me, you know, this I would discuss in the context of maybe a client and uh, agency relationship. Or in the case of maybe, you know, you work in the service industry, you know, you're dealing with clients and after a while, you have certain clients and you're familiar with them and things like that. But then there is a need from your client that you should introduce new things, bring new things to the table, bring things of value to, to them so they retain you. And I think it's a normal and perfect, you know, uh, human need that people want. At the same time, you know, this book talks about, in the context of relationships, it says this, you know, more and more people have come to believe that others should simply desire them for who they are. This means revealing as much as they can about themselves, exposing all their likes and dislikes, making them as familiar as possible. They leave no room for imagination or fantasy, and when the woman or man that they want loses interest in them, they go online to rant at the superficiality of men and women. So it became, becomes this. It's basically pointing to the fact nowadays that exists in our culture, you know, for example, in the context of dating, that people have become more obvious and forthright, not out of some deep moral calling to be some truthful and authentic person, but out of increasingly self-absorption and overall laziness. It requires no effort to be simply be oneself or to blast one message. And a lack of effort simply results in a lack of effect on other people's psychology. It means that other people's interests in you will be paper thin. The attention will quickly move on and you will not see the reason for this. Do not swallow the easy moralism of the day which urges honesty at the expense of desirability. Now, if I were to sort of interpret this message written by the book, I think it's trying to say this. Human beings have two needs. One need is for stability, familiarity and comfort. The second need is for variety, surprise and uh, mystery. So it's about how do you navigate your interactions with human beings in this world where you are in between those two needs you're not overly leaning to one side or you're not overly leaning to the other and if you think about it this way it's important these days is that even if we are in a long-term relationship with somebody how do we cultivate that sort of mystery about ourselves that they have something to keep exploring 
For example, let's say in the context of a friendship, you know, after a while, maybe you think your friend is a certain type of personality, a certain type of characteristic trait, a certain type of quirk. You know, if you can inject certain things about yourself that makes you unique, different, and also mysterious, there are different levels of the friendship that can be explored further. And I think when people are too familiar with someone, sometimes they get just basically bored. Because they, we feel nowadays is that we want to be surprised. As, as much as we want stability and comfort and, and security knowing someone for who they are, we also do like a little bit of surprise and, and that's fascinating as well. So this book talks about strategies of how to make yourself the, an elusive object of desire and it's basically this. Know how and when to withdraw. This is the essence of the art. You have a presence that people see and interpret. If you're too obvious with this, people can read you easily and figure you out. If you show your needs too visibly, then you'll unconsciously begin to have a degree of disrespect. At the time, they will lose interest. Your presence must have a touch of coldness to it, as if you feel that you could do without others. This signals to other people that you consider yourself worthy of respect, which unconsciously heightens your value in their eyes. In the, in the case of how you implement this particular strategy is that you can use physical absence and withdrawal. You're not so available. And, you know, this was taken in the context of Michael Jackson, you know. Um, the example that was written in this book was about how he managed to spread the release of his albums, making the public hungry, how he managed to... the frequency of his interviews and performances, how he never actually talked about the meaning of his lyrics and, you know, just let the, the public just make any meaning that they want out of it. And basically, this is the reason why, you know, if you're able to harness the law sorry, this principle of how to become an elusive object of desire, it changes the way people perceive you. And also, I believe it's a little bit of a soft power that once you have it, right, you're able... Because people sometimes treat people on based on their perception of them. Uh, I'm also not saying that you should not have substance of value. I think you sh everybody should have substance of value that they bring to the table and constantly improve themselves. However, you know, if you're able to shift a person's perception about yourself, sometimes that can be a winning advantage compared to other people that may be even better than you, maybe technically wise, but they, they don't cultivate that sense of mystery. And basically, you know, this book talks about strategies to do so, and it talks in the context of, uh, for example, the Chanel product. And it talks about the story of how, you know, the founder of Chanel her story, how did she cultivate her brand? What was it that she made her so desirable? What, I mean, sorry, what made her product so desirable that, you know, people were willing to spend a leg and an arm just for her product? And it says that, you know, you should manage your desirability by letting your product being seen and heard everywhere or even encouraging piracy. And you don't directly intervene, but sometimes you can speed up process of making your product super interesting by feeding rumours or stories about the object through various media. Essentially, what you want to do is that you want to get people talking. And it's even better if you can have this sort of pro provocative or transgressive edge to your product. And the reason why people are drawn towards such things is this. When something is different and unique, there is something for people to resonate with and enjoy. And for the large part of you, if you think about it, like human beings on the large part, right? Most of us live a pretty much standard day-to-day -day existence. We go to work, come back home, 
do our chores, live our life, and then go to work the next day. And we repeat that for a couple of days in a week. So anytime that people get to experience something that's desirable, there is a level of hunger that goes after, you know, these desirable things. So it's about, sometimes it's not just about creating a product that is so fantastic, technically wise, but just creating the mystery, the allure, and also creating the whole storyline, the whole branding around it that makes people want to, you know, check the product further. And end of the day is, is this, you know, um, when we talk in the context of creating an elusive object of desire, if you look at people, human beings, the book actually said that our illicit desire that almost all people share is voyeurism. And the reason why I believe some social media influencers are very famous these days and are making tons of money is because they have this aspect to their life where just by showcasing their life as in the, the mundane details as to what they eat, what they wear, what they drink, which event do you go to, who are they sitting next to at the event, it sort of allows people to have this peek into other people's private life. And in the past, you know, none of us could do that. You know, you wouldn't have the level of access to someone's life to such detail where you have it on your fingertips. And I think the people that de- best demonstrate this value being applied, I believe, would be entertainers, for example, Madonna and Michael Jackson, in the sense that they have carved incredible careers for themselves and they understand how to sort of build the build this image of, of themselves and be as talented as they are and also fuel the incredible desirability of that image to their audience and when they constantly reinvent themselves they, they, there's some draw factor that people can't wait to see what will they do next and when people can't wait to see what they do next I think those people are very receptive to think that you know because of that the 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 effort to be different, the effort to be desirable, that people reward them. For example, you know, people buy their, buy their albums, people go to their concerts, people buy their merch. It's because as a society, if you think about it, we don't reward complacency. We don't reward people who remain the same as they are day after day, year after year, and decade after decade. We reward people that push the boundaries of what it means to be a best person in their industry, for example. In the entertainment industry, it's always like, if you notice, it's always about entertainers coming out with the latest hairstyles, latest outfits, latest looks, latest type of genre of music. And the only way they can sort of survive is reinventing themselves over and over again. So this chapter itself, I believe, is about reinforcing this need to reinvent ourselves. Also to cultivate the air of mystery around ourselves. Because in, in, the, in the era of social media nowadays, there are a lot of people that sort of like vomit their entire life onto social media for people's consumption. Um, at the same time, I mean, that may be interesting for some people, but at the same time, that also sort of kills off this desirability because you have essentially left everything about who you are and there's nothing else left for people to explore. And what people like is this mystery about somebody where there is more layers to that person. You know, the person is not just average Joe or average Jane that this does this and this that and there's nothing else to them. People like people want things to sort of figure out figure out and and you know I think that's where maybe desire is stimulated. 
when you have mystery, when, when you're sort of like an iceberg in the ocean and 1% is vi- visible to other people, but other people know that there's probably like 99% underneath the water that has substance and that is also interesting for them to sort of figure out and get to know as a person. So that's basically about this chapter. In my next podcast episode, I'll be talking about how you can elevate your perspective.